Welcome to Esri Pod with Amy Quinn and Joe Walsh. This week, we welcome Kim Guadagno, First Lieutenant Governor of the State of New Jersey and current President and CEO of Fulfill New Jersey, formerly known as the Food Bank of Monmouth and Ocean Counties. We talked to Kim about Fulfill, its mission and services, the impact the COVID-19 crisis has had on its clients, and how we can help. Welcome, Kim. The matters addressed in this podcast represent my own personal views and opinions concerning issues affecting the citizens of Asbury Park in my capacity as the Deputy Mayor of the City of Asbury Park. They do not necessarily represent the official position of the city or the official position of the Asbury Park City Council as a whole. I am developing and implementing this podcast in an effort to keep citizens informed. However, this is not an official City of Asbury Park podcast and does not, and I repeat, does not represent the official position of the city or the governing body. Welcome, everybody. It's May 20th. Uh, welcome to Asbury Pod with your host, Amy Quinn. And I'm Joe Walsh. Thank and we have a very, very special guest today, and that is former Lieutenant Governor Kim Guadano and also Executive Director of Fulfill. There you go. Well, yeah. Actually, you know what? It's the president and CEO now. It was the only way I was ever going to become the president. <laughs> president of fulfill i stand corrected <laughs> just a joke so how and are you? i'm good i'm good and it's always good to see you i have to say one story about kim um after after we put on this thing called the asbury park women's convention which was a non uh you know not nonpartisan republicans independents everybody mm. First people to sign on was you, and it was our first year. And um, I, I don't even know that you know this. One, when you signed on, we sold the most tickets than any other guest. <laughs> and two, I can't tell you how many people, after you spoke, who had given me a little bit of grief, um, after you spoke, talked about how, how amazing and inspiring you were. Oh, that's nice. That's very yeah. nice. Well, they were probably surprised. I think that free at last opening line probably probably allowed them to laugh a little bit. You know what? People always, you know this, they all think you're somebody you're not, right? Absolutely. You run into it all the time. And I think, you know, I don't know that people have the gravity of what it was like to be the first, um, Jesus, now I'm forgetting the name of it, the cop thing, the show, the first sheriff in Monmouth, right? Yeah, that was actually fun. That, I'll tell you, people say, what was your most fun job in the world? It's the most fun job was being the first lady sheriff in Monmouth County. Um, and that was by far the most fun job. Yeah, you know that. I said that already. That was a part of the speech. Yeah, that's what I think. So many people were like, I don't, I don't even think that people get the full gravity of like being a, a sheriff, let alone being the first woman sheriff in Monmouth County. That's huge. And what, you know, I'm in, and I know you are, you do this as much as I do, if not more constantly trying to bring women along with you and, yeah. um, you know, describe your description of 
what you've experienced on the rise was, you know, really interesting. And I think any woman involved in politics deals with basically the same shit. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. On this podcast. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Oh, I have to tell you one other story. So I talked to Joe before this podcast and I tell him who your brother is. Ah. He falls over with yeah. stardom yeah. because he's such a big fan. Ah, so my brother-in-law is the hardest working musician at the Jersey Shore, Pat Guadano. You can see him live on Facebook every, every Monday night at seven o'clock. There's a, uh, a plug for you. And he, uh, he is, that's probably how I got involved in Asbury Park in the first place, my mayor, uh, because Pat, Pat Guadano is, uh, you know, live music and Asbury Park synonymous. Right. If we can give a, a, a plug to Pat, his Dylan Fest at the Basie Theater every year is one of the great you know events of the, uh, of the shore. If you you know if you're a Bob Dylan fan, definitely try to check that out. You know he plays with my friend Stephen Delopolis. Yeah, well, that's how I found. That's how I, I ah. discovered your brother. I went to see he and Stephen were playing at McLoon's on the boardwalk years ago, and I was like, oh, let me go see Stephen and this other guy. You know, and so. <laughs> um, and now I'm a fan. So I, you know, I've gone to, you know, I go to Dylan Fest and he's really just so check him out. If you well, know. and you know that they had to cancel Bob Fest this yeah. year. And so they're going to replay an old one Thursday tomorrow night. I think they're replaying an old one and Steve's in it. I know he is. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I didn't know they were doing that, but now I will. I will yeah. let, mm-hmm. okay. It'll be fun. And why do they replay it? So, pe- for, so people know. Yeah, uh, it's going to be on Facebook Live somewhere. Oh, oh wow. Uncle Pat will be very mad at me if I, if I don't remember where. But I'm sure it's on his Facebook page. You can Google it. And, and it's because it's Bob Dylan's birthday. So every year they do Bob Fest. They play like three straight, almost three straight hours of different Bob Dylan songs. And uh, they can't do it this year, obviously. And so instead they're playing a tape. It's cool. It's a, it's a big event. And, it, and they did it. They brought it to California last year. Or two years yeah. ago afterwards, right? It's a big uh, yep. thing. And you mentioned three hours. For those of us who are getting older, it's becoming too longer, too much, too long. <laughs> so in my twenties, the three hours of Bob Dylan, I'm like, yes. Now I'm like, oh my god, it's ten thirty. You know, it's a, but they're so good, right? They're really just a fantastic show. They got all these musicians from New York, up and down the Jersey yeah. Shore. It's really a top notch um, um, event. So if you get to see it on Facebook Live, everyone should listen in. Yep. So, Kim, because this is an Asbury Park podcast, although we do have people outside of Asbury Park listening to it, and, and we started it in the hopes to try to get um, millennials up to speed on municipal government and, you know, the difference between zoning and planning. And um, I think we have one millennial listener. Everybody else is in their <laughs> 50s. Um, but can you tell us a little bit about your ties to Asbury Park? So I... I married a guy who was born and raised in Monmouth County, uh, a Guadano. His name is Mike, but uh, he also plays the bass uh, at night, uh, but has a job as a, well, he was a former sitting Superior Court judge, and we were both federal prosecutors, and got married, moved to Monmouth County because that's where we wanted to raise our family, and that's when he started to tell me about this place called Asbury Park back in the 90s. I mean, his dad used to bring him to Asbury Park and the carousel. And, and so we started to visit, you know, what Asbury Park looked like in the 90s. Nobody was in Asbury Park in the 90s. And we have um, watched Asbury Park grow into this fabulous arts uh, mecca 
Um, I was on the, for a split second, I was on the Asbury Park Film and Music um, Board. Is it the Music and Film Festival? There's so many different festivals now. Well, the one with Tom Donovan and Tom Jones for, for a fast second. Um, but what, I come down here because I love it. The food is fabulous. The music is even better. The, the, the boardwalk is a great place to walk the boards. Even, even now during the vaccine uh, pandemic, I, I put my little mask on and it, I'm now at, I'm at the food bank right now. So I, we, we have to wear it anyway, but um, I spend as much time as humanly possible there. I mean, and everybody knows McLoon's and watched that open. I lived through Sandy and we, we, you know, I was there when the mayor was Ed Johnson and Sandy was a disaster. So we, 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 you know, I just love it. I said, what is my connection? Like everybody else's, if you don't live there, if you're not lucky enough to live in Asbury Park, you'll want to live in Asbury Park. Um, it's just, uh, I'm six miles away. Just because you, uh, this was one of the questions we were going to ask you a little bit later, but because you, you were, you know, you, you survived Sandy and were in office through Sandy. Any similarities or differences that you're seeing with this pandemic and Sandy? Oh, my God. Well, you know, the difference, there's a lot of similarities. And the similarities are this. You just have to improvise. And you've been doing that ever since the pandemic hit, right? You just have to yeah, ignore the rules. Uh, and, and worry about trying to figure it out later on uh, because it happens here all the time. But I tell my staff, you know, when people say, oh, you're supposed to be getting signatures for the food. I'm like, really? You really want me to have you, a volunteer to go up and get a signature for a box of food? Not happening. Um, use your common sense. Uh, and that's what we did during Sandy as much as humanly possible. And you figured it out later on or, or you got sued later on. So what? Spell my last name right. It's not easy to spell. Um, and, I, and I've told the staff that, I, you know, I, when they first talked about the pandemic or when, the, when the, it was first shut down, um, I got all the staff together and I said, how many of you live through Sandy and work through Sandy? And nobody raised their hands. And I said, well, buckle up because it's going to be a wild ride. And, and it is. It's, the, it's harder now, though, because it's national. So the shortages are national. Um, right. There's no end to it, right? Um, in, in Sandy, you know, the, there was a storm and there was a couple of, couple, there was quite a few high tides and then there was a snowstorm and I think there was even an earthquake after that. And, but eventually there was an end. I don't know where the end is here. Uh, and so it's hard, it's a hard target to hit. Uh, and so there's, it's uncertainty. The mental health piece of it, I think is gonna be much more dramatic than we saw in Sandy and in Sandy that was still pretty bad. I mean, everybody I know lost a house or a piece of a house or know somebody that lost the house. Uh, I think here, everybody's gonna know somebody who lost a friend or a family member or knew somebody that was sick. Uh, so the mental health implications here, it's not just gonna be that somebody lost their job and they had to go to a pantry for the first time. It's gonna be that they lost friends and family. Uh, and that's going to have mental health implications that I don't think we've even begun to talk about. I hope that's answering your question. It's, it's, Sandy was good training for me. And so dealing with the people that I'm dealing with now, my staff, um, people that have never come to a pantry before, or people across the country who tell me I have to do things one way or another, I just, I, you know what, spell my name right in the caption, sue me later. 
um, because I'm going to do it this way because I think the, it's more important to feed people than it is to, you know, get the paperwork right. And I think to illustrate that, first of all, if I never hear the word beach badge again, it'll be too soon. <laughs> How um, was that? Uh, so I think <laughs> no matter what you did, somebody has something to say. And I have to say, one, I have an amazing team on the council. And we, I mean, we fight, but we adore each other. And they're, none, they're all like local. You know, Eileen Chapman's been in town since the 70s. John Moore grew up here. So we spent probably 20 hours coming up with a plan that would make you not have a pen to sign, um, to do the most amount of, of sales via a nap, which then got hacked early on. Um, oh, three times. I see that. Right. And then, um, and then today and yesterday in person. So it was, so we went through everything to try to get people not to leave their house, not to touch anything that they haven't already touched. And we go online, the app get at 9am and of course 10,000 people go online to try to get these seasonal badges. The app gets hacked three times with not, and I want to be really clear, not stealing credit card stuff, trying to buy all the passes by different bots. You have to kind of like um, admire that engineering. Right? It's like, oh my God. So we have to shut it down, start it again, shut it down. So every say half hour, it, it says sold out and then it goes back online. And because none of us knew this, you had to go back to everybody and be like, try it. It, it, it was just uh, oh, 6,000 passes that day. So, so we kept 6,000 people outside of being on the boardwalk. And then yesterday and today, I would, I, yesterday I went by, there were maybe 40 people online. And we also did 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. seniors only to try to make it so nobody was near them when they were buying their passes. Right. So a week of hours upon hours conversation. And then somebody types up like that had a, a burp of a thought. You should have done it this way. And it's like, what? Right. Well, that, that, that's why everybody wants me to criticize the governor. I said, what are you, nuts? Yeah. I'm not going to criticize the governor. Who knows what the right way is to do this? You've never done this before. Nobody's ever done this before. And I feel like saying this is duly noted. I take notes so in the next pandemic, I can do this correctly. But this <laughs> is the first. And right. we were trying to keep people... Right. Belmar and lining the boardwalk with thousands of people, which is why we tried to get everybody to buy it via the app and then went in person. There was like a logic to that, people. So it's just, it can be a little frustrating. And I don't know what else to say other than I'll do that during our great notes during our next pandemic. Right. Um, on that, let me know. Make it out. Make yep. it out. Yep. Well, you okay. know, it's, you're never going to make everybody happy all the time. That's why I kind of like my job. I just get to give people food. It's the, I, I'm a recovering politician. I don't envy you your job or any uh, politician's job now because you can't win. There's no right answer. There's no book you for what you um, And so long as you're doing what you think is right, then, then you sleep at night well. Um, it, I bet you lose sleep over what you're missing. What you don't know is what should scare you. I lose sleep at over, you know, what person is going to bed hungry tonight that I can't find. Um, but that's what you don't know. At least you're good hearted and, and you're, I know your council's fabulous. So it's, yeah, everyone, how many badges did you sell? 6,000 online, which is, which is wonderful. So that kept 6,000 out. And then yesterday, a, a few hundred people came in person. The seniors came early and we tried to move them along. But similar to what you said, like initially our beach staff have been 
our beef staff for like 30 years. So uh, they initially had started again with the pens and we were like, no, no, pen, no pen, no pens, no, no pen. pens, no pens, no pens, lose yeah. the pen. Figure something okay. else. Totally. And we also have had, so we've had a similar experience to you where it's like, okay, then sue. if you don't like this, you can sue. It's okay. Do whatever you do. You got to sue us. That's okay. You can, you can sue us. Nobody's going to prevent you from doing that. And well, so, yeah, I mean, this is what you say. What's the headline, right? What's the headline? You try to keep people from getting the virus. Okay. Right. I'll take the headline. Right. That's good. And let them use the beach. Okay. That's a good headline too. You know, I mean, you're, you're good hearted. You're trying, trying to do the right thing. The, the one thing that I've, I'm, I was surprised about. Oh, Joe, you're there. I forgot. Yeah, I know. So you guys are talking <laughs> away. I didn't want to interrupt because I don't have a, you know, not working in government. The one thing I'm surprised about is the reaction of the public. I think there's an area like the criticism across the board. I mean, you, I would have expected more, let's row in the same direction. But it seems like there's a percentage, whatever you do, there's a percentage like, I, I'm just going to row sideways. You know? Right. Or, or that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. Right. Right. Well, right. And, well, and as we all, it's okay. we all on it. But it's okay if they say it's the stupidest idea. It's when they don't come up with a better idea, right? Right. Uh, you're like, okay, where were you when I was trying to figure this out? And what's your better idea? Uh, that's, that's the frustrating part. But you're used to that. You're into politics in, in the toughest state in the country, where politics is a blood sport, for God's sake. I yeah. mean, if, if you, I, I used to say it was a good thing I was the sheriff because I have a bulletproof vest. And I kept it for the next couple of years. And good thing I did because I needed it. Otherwise, you'd go home in pieces every night. Right. So, look, and 90% of people have been great. But there's like that. I, I've said this before. 90% of people, I think, have been great and have helpful concerns. But there's 10% that are like monstrous, that are like <laughs> saying like crazy, crazy shit. That well, I'm it's hard for you because you have kids too, right? How old are yeah. you? Uh, I have a four-year-old. So as they grow up, they're going to start hearing all these awful things they say about their mom, right? And Oh, God. I haven't even thought of that. All that stuff to them. Don't read the blogs. That's what I said. And that comes from her friends, too. So that's... Well, she probably catches a lot of just talking to me. I mean, I remember when you did invite me to go speak, I always said, well, you got to have a token Republican. You might as well have a female token Republican to speak, but... I, I'm, I got the same pushback. You're going where to talk to who you're going to get booed out of there. I said, you know what? Life's too short not to go have some fun. Mm-hmm. So. And everybody, not only were you not booed, sold the stuff tickets. And I think people stood up and clapped for you. Uh, I, I got out of there so fast afterwards. I don't know. I was like, well, well somebody was there all day. <laughs> um, you were absolutely uh, one of the crowd's favorite, and you, uh, and that was that was because of how I think authentic you were about what you, experiences you had in politics. Because you didn't walk in as everybody's favorite, but you walked out as. A- <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we were going to have a good time this year. This year was going to be fascinating. I'm. It sorry was going to be great. I, yeah, this year. So I hope we get to do it again next year because you would have had the only two lieutenant governors ever in the same room talking about what it means to be a woman and the first woman lieutenant governors as Sheila Oliver is the first African-American lieutenant governor and me as the first lieutenant governor. That is a conversation I want to have with her uh, as soon as this crazy world is over. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, All right. We got to get to fulfill. 
Good. So get, tell us everything about Fulfill. And I'm not sure people got, even Ming uh, mentioned it. He didn't have the gravity of how big of an organization that is. He, he jumped on before, he, before you got on and told me about it. Ah, good. So po most people want to know why isn't it called the Food Bank of Monmouth and Ocean County anymore? I mean, when you say food bank, you, you, th that's really what we do, right? We, we feed people and we contribute food to the pantries. Well, a couple of years ago, um, the board decided that they wanted to make sure that the line for these food banks got smaller and smaller. So they wanted to do more than just feed people. They wanted to fulfill the needs of the people. So get them the, the food stamps they needed, get them the insurance they needed, get them the skills they needed, get them the resources they needed to find a home, um, to make the line, to get them off the line altogether to make themselves sufficient so they didn't need to come to a food bank. Um, so they changed the name to Fulfill. And back in the day, like 68 days ago, um, that's what we were doing. Uh, and then life changed completely 67 days ago. And now what we do mostly is we, we feed people. In the last 67 days, we have provided enough food for more than a million um, meals to the people of Monmouth and Ocean County. We've done, we've provided 15,000 meals per day in terms of crisis boxes, hot food through our restaurant program, um, and food to the 120 or so pantries in Monmouth and Ocean County. Uh, 15,000 more meals per day than we did the same time last year. Um, if you include feeding um, the kids after school, you know, kids get in Asbury Park, especially it was easy in Asbury Park, believe it or not. I had to convince some other school districts that, you know, they're going to get breakfast in the morning, government funded breakfast in the morning, government funded lunches. But I wait for it. What are they doing for dinner and what are their families doing? Right. Asbury Park, no problem. They got, the, they got the joke right away. In other words, they understood the need right away. So literally, we started delivering 200 boxes to the Asbury Park uh, Board of Education when they fed the kids breakfast and lunch. We got them dinner and food for the weekend and the family right away. No issue, easily done. Um, I wish I could say that was the same for the rest of the two counties. Not so much, but they all got on board. Um, we are now... I, what? What was the resistance? Well, you know, I, you know, well, first of all, I think they didn't get that I really was coming in peace. I okay. really was just going to, to, to bring them boxes of food. They weren't going to have to pay for it. They weren't going to have to sign for it. They weren't going to have to do anything but give me a count. Um, that's hard to believe. Right when you think about it, especially because they looked at me as um, a former recovering politician, they didn't understand that the food bank's job was to make sure people got food. Uh, so we've since tried very hard to educate people. Like, and and if if I got in the way because of my former job, I stepped out and got somebody else involved. So I mean, last Friday we delivered thirteen hundred meal kits or crisis boxes to families throughout Monmouth and Ocean County on just one day. Um, so it's, it's, so that's what we're doing now. Mostly right now I have 15 people in the back and a socially distanced methodology. That's the other challenge here is to, is to make enough boxes. So in a, in a six feet apart uh, to keep up with the demand. And I think the demand's going to get worse. You know this. I mean, a lot of these 
restaurants as much as we'd like to see them come back. And we've, you know, we've been able to help a lot of the restaurants in Asbury Park. Um, Maryland's been great. Um, what we do is we give restaurants $5 a hot meal, and that allows people, the restaurants, to keep staff on. It's not a lot. It doesn't cover their actual costs, but it gets hot meals into the hands of people that normally wouldn't get a hot meal, and it allows restaurants to have a source of income so that they can show their debtors or their vendors that you know they really are viable source of um, their viable company. And so we've done a hundred and no, uh, 111,000 hot meals at $5 a stipend and, and a couple of, quite a few Asbury Park small restaurants. So when, uh, let's say a senior citizen home says, I, I need three hot meals a week, we'll call a restaurant and ask them if they can provide the hot meals and we'll give them $5 to deliver a single serving to that restaurant. Or I had a um, affordable housing unit in Brick that was quarantined and one of my employees was quarantined, lived, lived in the building and she called, she said, will you send us a hot, uh, send me a box of food? And I said, no. She said, what do you mean no? I said, well, I'll send the whole building a box, but I'm not gonna deliver just one box of food to you and then have the whole building starve. So we now deliver 194 households boxes of food and then we give them three hot meals a week so they're not going stir crazy while they're quarantined. So we do things like that. I mean, it's a great, it's just a great job. I walk out of here every night saying at least, at least one person ate because I came to work today or um, I tell my staff on Fridays, we all get together on Fridays and I said, look, I can't make you wear your mask tonight and I can't make you wear your mask over the weekend, but I can tell you what happens if you get sick. I can tell you that there's two to 300,000 people in Monmouth and Ocean County who will not eat if you don't come to work on Monday. And so we try very hard to keep up with the uh, demand. And you know what it's like at Asbury Park. I mean, I've been to a couple of those places. Um, the, we, we, the, uh, the Asbury Tower right there on the corner, um, we have a great relationship with. We were, we were doing some meals there before the um, pandemic. And, that, and now we, we hope to keep up with hot meals there now. They're locked in. They, they can't go out. Yeah, and it's not like 10 units. It's like 300 or 400 units in there. And we also, I mean, you're also thankfully keeping, I think we have 11 or 12 food pantries in Asbury that you're keeping um, stocked up as well, which were- Well, great. and last week we, we distributed grants to I think six pantries in Asbury Park so that they oh, wow. could expand. My idea is I could, if, if I can get those pantries all stood up to meet the demand, by getting them the refrigerators and chillers and bags and more space and more money for food, then I won't have to do this, they'll do it. And wouldn't you rather be eating in an area in your own neighborhood than having to take a box? I mean, this, this is not great food. Um, this is, it's not bad food, but it's, I mean, it's food, but it's, it's, it's in a box and it's, you know, cereal and shelf-stable milk, meaning it's like Parmalat. Um, and it's macaroni and cheese and canned tuna, SpaghettiOs, stuff like that. But if, if your pantries in Asbury Park can expand, they'll get fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, fresh milk, um, much better to feed people in the area in which they live be because they'll have more specific, more user-friendly, in other words, you know, 
more uh, specific to that community's type of food because they'll get to order it from us. And then we'll send it to them and then they can distribute it out to people that they know in their own communities. I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt there. Oh, Joe, there again. Yeah, yeah, hear me again. So I didn't want to interrupt you. You guys are both more interesting than I am. I don't know. I had a question. I just want to revisit in terms of the scope of the problem. I think we're only going to be waking up now to how like the ongoing, the slow motion catastrophe that we're the, of the economy, right? So they, you, you mentioned before, and I wanted to see if I heard that right, 200 to 300,000 families per day? People, people. people. So we are watching it very closely. I'll, to give you some idea of how life has changed. So we had 60, so if you figure March 13th is when the governor said, you know, we are essential personnel, we can stay open, but everybody else stay home so that we can flatten the curve. It's been 67 or eight days since then. Um, on that day, we were not spending any extra money for food. The following week, we, we spent an extra $175,000 for food. Three weeks later, we were spending an extra $275,000 for food. And, and, and then it's continued to grow from there because we rely so much on hospitality here in the, in the area. You know, people immediately lost their jobs. They didn't have unemployment. Now it's kicked in, but more people have lost their jobs. I think the numbers we're looking at, is one in five people will be without their jobs before this is over with. That's, that's, you know, that's your next door neighbor, no matter how you play it out. One in five people. Um, here at the Jersey Shore, and not 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 every one of these restaurants is going to come back. Uh, so we are looking for the long haul here. I'm figuring between June 30th, because now I'm doing my budget cycle. June 30th, and the first three months of my next fiscal year, it will cost us two million dollars in extra food, um, and which is frightening when you consider I'm almost solely donor funded. So um, we need to find an extra $2 million over what we usually raise um, from June 30th through November. Yeah, just and to be here. And so, I mean, I don't even know, because I assume your donors are also on, in some way also affected by the pandemic as well. So, right. so it's even more difficult to raise money in a normal environment. You're, you're now in an environment where, you know, the wells dry from where, where you usually go back to. Is that what you're kind of seeing? Right. So people gave early, right? People gave early. There was an influx of food. So we're pretty, uh, you know, my, my development people will kill me for saying this, but we're all right till June 30th because everybody wrote a check pretty quickly and everybody was very generous pretty quickly. But after June 30th, people's unemployment's going to check the checks. I, I can't tell you how many people took those incentive checks, the $1,200, and brought them here, which is just, oh, that's amazing. just mind-boggling to me. And I brought them here, but then maybe they won't get another check. And the economy is so bad in the state, I can't rely on the state to cover us. So, you know, it's a, it's a complicated problem, but yeah, I'm going to just keep writing checks and we're going to keep ordering food if it's available. Um, that's the other challenge. You know, if you think you can't get food in a grocery store, imagine where I stand in line when I'm a food bank 
trying to get food for people. Um, when I can't pay the exorbitant increase in prices that we're seeing because the food chain has been so disrupted. Um, but we're getting there. We'll, you know what? I have confident, confidence that people, people care so much. You know this. You saw it after Sandy. People care. Uh, and people will give when they see it's necessary. We're going to have some fun. At 4th of July, we're going to do a 4th uh, a of July party. I'm going to... We're going to make 4th of July bags here in Neptune, and we're going to put 4th of July with hamburgers and hot dogs and chips and for a family of four and hand the 4th of July fixings out at the same time we hand out a box of food. And we're going to do it right here in Neptune, hopefully create some buzz and uh, call attention to the fact that, yeah, even though we're Monmouth in Ocean County, we're hungry here too. Uh, and then in, in August, we're going to do Send a Kid to Camp, and you, you can appreciate this. Uh, these parents have been home with their kids, not that they don't love them, uh, for six months, teaching them at home and trying to do work from home. So we are going to have uh, 15 kids here in Neptune a week, and then we're going to ask donors to support that pro, the, uh, a camp program for 15 kids, high school kids, um, here at $5,000 ahead, and then hopefully raise close to $300,000 in August so that we can continue funding literally school um, feeding programs for kids, uh, hopefully through September. There's some ideas. We're, we're doing the best we can, and, and we're not the only ones. South Jersey. Uh, food bank has the same challenges, and then the community food bank has 15 counties. We're lucky we only have two. Uh, and I don't know, the summer feeding programs are going to be disrupted because there are no camps. Uh, eh. well, one day at a time. You just keep moving. You have the same problem, right? <laughs> I'm anxious just listening to it. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I'm getting I mean, ambient stress from... Uh the discussion, but you know, it has to be, people need to know. So for you, people are listening, you know, um, let's, you know, there's ways to donate, uh, right. I didn't right. want to, we were going to talk about this at the end, but why not now? You know, if they're the fulfill website, um, which I don't have in front of me. It's now. a fulfill org, and it's right. one elf and two L. So it's first one L fulfill F U L. I did, I learned this, you know, it's only, I've only been there a year, but it took me a while. F U L F I L L nj.org but the cool part about it is for every dollar that somebody gives um, because we can combine it with other dollars we can buy in bulk um, for every dollar you give it, you can buy three meals it equals three meals and as kids try to get back to school i mean i got i'm worried about the whole summer feeding program if you talk to your board of education you these the board the school board doesn't know where these kids are going to go to camp so we don't know where the school feeding program is going to end up for the summer you know, um, like if they're going to go to camp we don't know that and if they don't go to camp who's going to feed these kids right and, and we yeah. usually have a 60,000, usually we feed 60,000 kids in the summer. Um, I think that number is going to double because other school feeding programs usually kicked in. So other, other regular camps kicked in. Well, now there's, there aren't any, so we'll have to fill the gap. That's all right. 
Yeah, and I was gonna say, and you were very, you know, at the very beginning with the Asbury Park dinner table, which has done, you know, also another great job in Asbury. You yep. were one of the people on the first phone call saying, you know, how can you help? And one interesting thing, and also a little sad, uh, was that the first couple of weeks of the Asbury Park dinner table, um, nobody really reached out to me about where to get food. And then my favorite bartender reached out to me, the waitresses that I know from, insert the name of any restaurant, because my wife and I go up there a lot, um, were reaching out and kind of saying, where can I get something without like anybody seeing me? Yeah, yeah. And it was so heartbreaking for me. People that, you know, I've certainly had conversations with at, at the bar or in the restaurant for 20 years. Right. I'm guessing you see some of that at, I mean, all the time. new demographic, right? All the time. There, you know this. I mean, they're not, they're not eating. And they're, they, what, what I don't want them to be is too proud to come, which right. is why if they want, if anybody listening is hungry, first of all, there's no reason for that. Um, they can, I have a text line. If they want to know where their closest pantry is, they can dial the text number and put in the words, find food and, and your zip code and the closest three pantries, you can dial the phone number for them. And, or you can drive by right here in Neptune and pick up a box of food anytime between eight and four thirty. I don't ask any questions. I'm supposed to get a signature. I'm supposed to ask questions, but you know, what's the headline? I mean, it's, it's the headline is, Oh, I denied somebody food. Okay. Right. <laughs> Take, you know, who cares? Yeah, And I also have to tell you a couple of the people that I spoke to, and I want to say this in a careful way, just they, they weren't, init- they weren't, in- they're not, I don't know how to say this in a way that's politically correct, but they weren't, they weren't people who go to church. So they weren't going to church pantries because that was not an environment that they ever went into before. So to one mm-hmm and embarrassed and then go into an environment that you can't you you've never really gone into before was you know anxiety and i have to again give credit to the asbury park dinner table who said right. drop off point at sewell ave at mogo's um kitchen yeah you know wait staff or or anybody who didn't necessarily feel comfortable going to a church pantry and i'll have to also tell them about eight to four thirty they can go to fulfill as well. Um, But that was like another thing that I got some calls about, which was, you know, this pandemic is bringing up interesting dynamics. Because they had jobs, even if they were working three jobs, you know, even if you lost one of your jobs, you now are missing, there's a gaping hole and you now are making a decision between, you know, this putting food on your table or keeping a roof over your head or making a car payment, don't pay for food. If anybody's listening to this, we'll get you the food you need, whether it's at a pantry in Asbury Park, and you can go on fulfillnj.org and find the closest pantry if you have access to a computer. You can text to, um, where's my phone number? 888-918, hold on, it's right here underneath my iPad. If you can, can you see this from here? Can you see that number? Look yeah. at that. Yeah, can you see that? I have some of these signs around. It's 888-918-2729. And text in find food, one word. And it will ask you for your zip code. And then it'll give you the 
closest three pantries to you. And I, I have it in Spanish. There it is. Tech, put in the word comida. Mm -hmm. And it will ask you in Spanish for your zip code. And it will find you in Spanish the three closest pantries. And you can call them and find out when they're open. And I, I like the pantries better because you're going to get fresh produce, fresh milk, fresh, um, much fresher food. My boxes are shelf-stable stuff, so you can bring it home. You can take two boxes home and have macaroni and cheese and spaghetti and, and canned vegetables and canned uh, peaches and stuff like that. Um, so there's stuff in the refrigerator, and actually the Girl Scouts just donated 10,000 boxes of cookies, so there's finally snacks in there. But um, it's, it's the pantries in Asbury Park will build those, those up, and people will get – we'll be able to go and it's grab and go, right? Nobody shops in these pantries anymore because of the virus. Um, literally the food will be sitting outside and you just pack, pick up, you don't get a choice. You just pick up a, a bag and go. Nobody asks for signatures anymore. So if you're Ill, not undocumented, you just take it. Or if you're, this is, this is, a, I got a phone call from a parole officer the other day because a lot of people have been let out of prison or reentry. Um, officer also, a reentry, a, a reverend who runs a reentry program. A lot of people have been recently let out of the jail and out of the prisons, and they weren't given any resources. They were just get out before you get the virus. Goodbye. I said, Well, tell them to come by here and pick up food because I'm not asking and I don't care. You're hungry, get a box. Um, my problem is I'm only open five days a week and I'm not giving a lot of fresh, I mean, if I have it, I, I'll distribute it, but it's not as good as the pantries. So that's why the pantries in Asbury Park got the grants so that they can get some refrigerators and some coolers so that they can expand their exposure. And the, and the, the thing we need to tell people is it's okay to go. Every one in five people is un, unemployed. Um, what's not okay is to pay for food. Because you got other things to pay for. You got gas to pay for. You got your phone to pay for. Yeah, you can't find another job without a phone. Um, you, you're going to have medical stuff to pay for. Um, why pay for all? Why pay for food when you can get it for free in Neptune, 3300, you know, Route 66? Um, why pay for food if I'll give it to you or it's not mine? Somebody else bought it. Um, and, or you can get it in a pantry. Why pay for food? Pay for something else. You know, the food scarcity issue has come to a head. The crisis brought this to a head and it added more people into the, um, you know, who, who would need the services. But prior to that, you'd be surprised, you know, could you tell us like, what, what, what do you think people would be surprised to know about your, who your, your, the people who use your services are even before the, the crisis? Before yeah. this, one in 10. The number in Monmouth and Ocean County, the hardest pitch we had to make in, in, in Monmouth and Ocean County was that people were actually food insecure, that people were actually hungry. 136,000 people in Monmouth and Ocean County were hungry. 50,000 of those were children. To me, that's just mind-blowing because when you think about it and you back up a little bit, Monmouth and Ocean County had to be two of the richest counties in the country in, in perspective. And yet people would laugh at me and say, oh, what? There's hungry people here? Yeah, there is. And it's not just um, the, the places you expect. It's, it's everywhere. You, you don't know what hunger looks like. 
I mean, if you were watching the news the last couple of days, a woman by the name of Alyssa Hogan came forward. She's a widow, three kids, white uh, uh, waitress at Squan Tavern, lost her job uh, and came here to the food bank. And she stepped forward when we asked her because she knew too many people in her position who were too embarrassed to go to a food bank or go to a pantry. And Alyssa has been making it now. It's her, you know, caused, it's her cause now to say it's okay. It's okay to say you need help. Yeah, that, uh, I think also, even just calling it fulfill, so is, instead of a food pantry, right? The words food pantry immediately bring up ideas in people. So the idea, you know, I don't know when Fulfill changed their name and, and they may or may not have gotten grief from it, but I think in this pandemic saying I'm going to Fulfill and, and or I'm going to a food pantry, you know, means something. A, well, I actually got an anonymous letter and you'll love this. I'm not in politics anymore, so I shouldn't be getting anonymous letters, but somebody actually took the time. I keep it in my drawer because I keep saying I'm going to write an op-ed. Here it is right here. An anonymous letter sent to my home. Dear Kim, and it talks about how the people I'm feeding are freeloaders. And oh. I'm telling you, there is not a single person who's taken the time to drive out here to Neptune, you know, Route 66, who is a freeloader. They are people who lost their jobs, who are so embarrassed to go to a pantry that right. they know they can just drop and go here. They could just drive right up. Nobody's going to come. The only thing they'll do is come out and say, how many kids do you have? Can I get you, you know, shampoo? Um, do you need shampoo? What do you hear? This, here's a, Joe, close your ears for just a second. Food stamps, food stamps will not buy diapers, baby formula, women's hygiene products. Imagine being a teenage girl and not be able to get female hygiene products, mm -hmm. tampons. You can't get that. So we have that here. So we'll walk outside and say, do you have any teenage daughters? Uh, do you have any babies at home? Do you need baby food? Do you need diapers? And, and do you need shampoo? Do you need soap? You can't buy that with food stamps, even if you could get on food stamps now. If you can't even get unemployment because the system is overloaded, imagine trying to get food stamps at this point. You just can't. Kim, if somebody wanted to help with those particular items, can they donate them or is it better if they, they donate money? Donating money gives me more flexibility, mm -hmm. um, but uh, flexibility to buy what's available. So I have a truckload of toilet paper coming next week. Did you ever think in a million years I went to law school so that I could talk about a truckload of toilet paper? But um, look, that's what they want. That's what they need. That's what they get. Um, but so that and that's a huge get right now in this environment. A truck. Well, I haven't seen it. I, I haven't mean, seen kudos it. To you. I could be outbid. So <laughs> I, they say it's on the road. They say it's on the way here. I haven't seen it yet. Um, but it, it, so the money is great. The money is great. Cause if, if, if the truckload of toilet paper comes in then then maybe I can buy, um, milk the next time it comes available or chicken. That's, that's the other thing that's hard to get and get it out to the pantries right away. So yes, the money is much more flexible and it's much more responsive to what is available on the street to buy. 
But um, if I can't do that, I, I'll, I'll take any donated, any um, meal, like a macaroni and cheese, any canned meat, because people can't get meat anymore. So any tuna, any salmon, any, um, please don't send pulled pork. People can't stand the taste of it. But um, <laughs> any kind of toiletry item at this point, because people can't get soap, they can't get Clorox, they can't, nobody, like, you, you can't get Clorox, they can't get Clorox. Um, so those kinds of things we'll take and you can drop those. There's a shed in the back. If you can't come by during the day, there's a shed in the back where you can just drop your, um, donations. You don't have to wait for us. And that's at the route 66 location. Yep. And we have a place in Tom's river, but this is Asbury park. We have a place in Tom's river too. Um, so we service ocean County also, but you can just do that here and you can, any pantry, any pantry, I'm sure in Asbury park will take anything you can donate to. The other interesting thing with this pandemic, and I, I'm guessing you see as well and just experiencing it, is the, like, the effect it's going to have on kids. So my kid says things like, well, that's in, and he's four, that's in quarantine, or, well, you imagine because of the virus, you know, it's these abstract concepts, or, or I, you know, when I joked about this the other day, a friend came over and he's like, do you want a cocktail? Because anyone who comes over, we offer them a cocktail. So, you know, I think it's going to be so interesting to see, you know, the different one, I think it's very difficult, especially as the mother of a four-year-old to explain to them what's going on. They don't have a clue, but I know you have a bunch of boys, uh, Kim, and even as teenagers or early, you know, late teens, I think it's got to be difficult going, not hanging out with your friends, not going to college, not having graduations, not doing all the things that, you know, a year ago we all did. I think you're right. I think there's a, well, just like 9-11, just like, uh, it has to be, I mean, how do you not hug your grandchild? Or how, I have a friend of mine whose mother died. How do you not go visit her in the hospital before you have to authorize, you know, taking her off? Even forget the virus for a minute. You can't go to the hospital. How do you not have a funeral? There's, I think it's not just the kids. And how do you send the kids back to school and tell them, how do you tell a four-year-old, oh, don't come within six feet of your, right. of your next-door neighbor? I, I, I think that, like I said, the long-term effects, mental health effects, uh, these kids, I'm glad I'm not a parent of, of a four-year-old or anything up to high school or even past that because I don't know how you explain this to them. Um, my friends are, you know, grandparents at this, at this point, and even they won't, can't go visit their grandkids because they can't not hug them. And yet it's not safe for them to hug them for either one of them. So if we have, especially come from New Jersey, I mean, my husband do, uh, drove down to Florida last week and when they, they were all stopped at the Georgia line and they had to sign papers agreeing to self-quarantine for 14 days because they had New Jersey plates. That's wow. how contagious we are up here. And even with the flatlining, it's, it's, I think this thing is going to be a very interesting problem for the, for, for the long run. Yeah. But it's not going to be reading about it just in history books. You're going to live it. You, especially with a four year old. Yeah, it's a long-term, um, it's a long-term crisis. Uh, I will say the one thing uh, that gives hope for resiliency, I was thinking about my two grandmothers who survived World War I, the oh. flu, the depression, then World War II, 
and they all seemed the, the both of them seemed happier than I was ever uh, <laughs> would be. I think we have you know more stuff, more problems, right? So they. Uh, so there's a resiliency that comes with it. So it's certainly there's suffering going on, but you know, human, you know, hopefully younger people like your or younger children will remember, it, but also move on in a way that allows them to bounce back. But, you know, but right now you're right. We're, we're, this is, we still have to go through all of these things, right. To get to the other side. Um, hopefully. Yeah. And we have to also, we got to start to wrap up Kim. Um, yeah. of, um, one Joe, during this, lost his mom, uh, was not able to visit her as well. And I know oh, he's like, yeah. I had no idea. Sorry. Well, that's John. okay. Yeah, that's right. I'm you, sorry. You would and, not have known, uh, right? And, and you, um, you lost an amazing, amazing staff person. Yes. Um, Diana Tennant was a social worker. So like I said, Fulfill does more than just feed people. You go out into the community and give them the, get them the resources that they need. So on March... 23rd, Diana, who'd worked here for six years, um, tested positive. And all right, we'll switch topics. I always say, I always say, if you don't cry once a day at the food bank, then you're not human. Quit. Uh, so she, she passed away of the 51 years old, three kids, a grandchild, um, on April 3rd, like, like that. Um, so uh, it can, like I said, everybody's going to know somebody. It'll be like World War II. Can I say something about Diana? I knew Diana uh, peripherally. She worked with, uh, I worked for Rutgers University, and she sponsored some of my student, social work students in their internship placements um, wow. out, out at Fulfill. And, you know, I'd had a couple of conversations with her over the years. So she was a great, you know, so you know, the actions of when people reverberate. So when I, when I read it in the news, I let the faculty know. They were like, you know, they had all contacted with her and supervised and something, you know, so her, just by herself, you know, it sort of radiated out, you know, her contacts doing this job, um, you know, it, helping to support new social workers right, in their education, right, and, and provide the service, you know, and it's developing professional relationships uh, with the social work faculty. So she was just an interesting person. I met with her a couple of times myself years ago. So really, my condolences, really, uh, I read that, I was sort of shocked, um, you know, but she was very active in the Latina community too. She was a mm. very she was very active. We had uh, Beatrice from uh, it used to be called Hispanic Affairs. It's now called Community Resource Center. You do a ton of things for them as well. She's a huge fan of yours, and and she's you know also was just devastated by it as well. Um, just awful. It's just been awful. But I want to end this on a on a on a note on how give people three ways to help you and fulfill yeah. them. Food drives, that's the easiest, and uh, fun drives, so send a check, PayPal on the website, fulfillnj.org. Food, fun, uh, food, fun, and volunteer. If you, if you, if you cannot, cannot stand sitting inside anymore, you can sign up on our website to come in and help make, I, I tell everybody it's a way to social distance and get out and see your friends and do something good at the same time and not violate the governor's executive orders come and volunteer and make some of these boxes. Um, it's not hard work. It's good work. Do you have yeah, a virtual right? gala coming up also? Oh, we do. Oh, gosh. I'd be fired for that, right? <laughs> um, June 4th, we, we had originally a gala. So all of our 87% of our fundraising is, is individual donors. And we were going to honor um, Dave Endurski, who runs NCON Mechanical. And um, it, he the theme was shine a light on hunger. He donated a, uh, a huge 
And when I say huge, I'm talking like five truck size uh, uh, chiller so that we could bring in more fresh produce. Uh, donated that, donated cash, um, upgraded tons of things around this building that had not been upgraded in 20 years. He's our honoree. He's also the chairman of the board of Make-A-Wish. He's just one of those guys who does so many great things. And then, of course, like every gala, it was canceled. So we're going to do a virtual gala on June 4th. If, uh, if anybody wants to buy some, uh, some raffle tickets, that's available online. And we will be doing Facebook Live where, where Dave has insisted on coming in black tie. So um, somehow between now and June 4th, this mop is going to get a haircut. <laughs> And hopefully, maybe we'll have a, maybe the hair, maybe it'll be open by then because I too will be wearing black tie with a black bling, I think bling, bling uh, mask. I think we're going to start a new fad. So um, <laughs> he deserves to be honored and, um, and he, 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 he'll be helping us again, raise some money. And uh, like I said, all of that money, 95 cents of every dollar goes directly back to the community. We've been named as one of the top 10 um, nonprofits in the state, not just in the county, not just in the two counties, but in the state. Uh, you can think of any nonprofit, churches, uh, hospitals, all of the great musical uh, nonprofits. We are the top one of the one of the top ten. Um, so your money goes to a good cause, and it also, in this case, will go to no doubt one of your neighbors. Thank you, Kim. Thanks for taking taking. To, to talk about fulfill thanks for doing everything that you're doing i hope that you and your family stay safe and at some point we can um buy you a drink in asbury park soon. well that's a deal <laughs> that's a deal <laughs> sold right <laughs> all right thanks and thanks, Joe. thanks. I'm so mom. oh yeah that's all right thanks kim it's, really, it's a pleasure to talk to you thank right. you talk thank soon. you thanks ming. thanks ming thanks shared universe